Hi guys, uh, welcome to my podcast. My name is Tinola and as you know, this is um, Serious Talk with Tinola. Um, as you guys know, I've been doing a series on sexual abuse and on this episode, I'm super, super excited because I have uh, professionals with us, professionals that will talk to us about uh, sexual abuse and ways we can move forward uh, from this um traumatic experience so um, i'm going to let my um guests introduce themselves so um doctor please can you please tell us a little bit about you hey hi uh tinola thanks for um inviting me and giving me the opportunity to join you um everyone calls me waka waka doctor uh that's because i'm a medical doctor uh with huge passion for mental and public health and i have a knack for travel so that's how the name um came about uh i've practiced in over five different countries including the united kingdom and um, that's what i do at the moment so it's a pleasure joining you this very chilly sunday afternoon thanks for having me Thank you so much for coming. Um, while we're waiting for our second guest, um, I'm going to ask you some questions so you can help put us through. Okay. All right. Um, so, um, for you as a medical um, professional, what do you think is the best way for people to approach uh, childhood trauma? Now, um, you know, there's there's no one way you to deal with um, childhood trauma. If if we're being honest. You know, um, it's multifaceted, and hello, can you hear me? Hi, guys. Um, like I said, I have another guest, so her name is Ngozi. So I'll let her introduce herself. Please, Ngozi, kindly uh, introduce yourself to uh, to us. Okay, good afternoon. Um, My name is Ngozi. I'm a psychologist. I um, counsel, I help people through, um, okay. Okay, so I'm a psychologist. I counsel people professionally, help them through um, most of their issues ranging from trauma to relationship issues to um those are basically it too trauma relations even career yeah okay okay thank you um i see that doctor is connected again thank you so much for joining us again doctor so i will start with you you were saying i asked a question concerning how to uh the best way to approach childhood trauma and you were saying um you were talking can you just please continue yeah um so Hello, doctor, are you there? Hello, doctor, are you there? Okay, I think is off. So, um, Ngozi, are you there, please? Yeah, I am. Okay, um, since I think doc is having some sort of um, network issue, I would um, ask you the question directly. Um, um, like the question was, um, what was, for you, what do you think is the best way to approach um, childhood trauma? Well, Person, I don't believe there is actually a best way per se 
because um different when it comes to things like this trauma and everything different people different personalities different experiences so these are basically the factors to consider when um addressing the issue right so there's not exactly a one size fits all most effective way to um approach childhood trauma but um however it's basically therapy though there are various forms of therapy that could be um used for it cognitive um behavioral therapy trauma focused cognitive behavioral therapy that has been effective so far yes and there's cognitive processing therapy prolonged exposure therapy that's what into these are some of the ways that have been proven to be effective in approaching childhood trauma Okay okay um as for so for people like we that do not know what that even means can you just like tell us what all these things means Okay so uh, basically the professionals who do it will know what it is cuz when they analyze the situation they determine the best approach to use so basically these are various types of um, psychotherapy that includes for for trauma focused cognitive behavioral th- therapy it's a form of therapy that like the name implies it focuses on trauma it's um mostly used for patients with PTSD post traumatic stress disorder okay so this is a process whereby their whole trauma is revisited and recontextualized and rationalized so it's like we talk about the trauma and then we recontextualize it rationalize it for the victim to start saying that okay because sometimes um um it's just to help victims look at it from another perspective and then they can start healing okay okay thank you so much um um ngozi um my second question would be like is it really common for um, um victims to forget um things from this experience are we supposed to like remember every detail or is it really is it uncommon for us not to like forget certain details um there's there's a defense mechanism called repression right this is a situation where the mind actually forgets on details in order to protect the individual so the the mind just erase memories just to protect the individual from the traumatic experience so that happens it's very normal for people to okay. not remember um, a source of trauma or a traumatic event that happens it's actually there's um why do i keep going off welcome back doctor i do not know why you keep going off it's probably due to network okay Uh okay I'm sorry um Ngozi was saying something Ngozi please can you please continue So yeah so it's also called this associative amnesia this is where people just forget traumatic events so that's very normal a lot of people do forget that they have that but then people still remember but then there are more people when you say is it common so there are more people who remember their traumatic events than those who do not mm-hmm. So it happens but yeah 
Okay, okay, uh, doctor. Basically, we were just—I was just asking if it was um, common for uh, victims to kind of forget uh, details of their um, of their ex- your, of their traumatic experience, and Ngozi was telling us that sometimes it is normal. Yeah. What's your take on that? Yeah, she's correct. Um, like I heard us say now that um, it's called dissociative amnesia. That's right. It's um, amnesia is, has to do with you know memory loss, uh, but this one is is not. It's not the normal forgetting like um, happens in people with dementia, you know, where you just forget the name of someone or you forget the name of a place you've been to or things like that. No, um, these people will likely block out, you know, traumatic events that have happened maybe at a particular phase of time or throughout their entire life. You know, they just block it out. And because of that, you know, there's lack of self-care because they're not concerned about anything occurring, um, happening around them. Um, they try and establish a new identity. They move away from wherever. You must have seen it in movies where they, they move somewhere else totally different from where they were before to try and create a new identity. And they, they, they are at huge risk. Um, such people, suicide is very common. So yes, she's correct. Um, dissociative amnesia is quite common in people who've experienced uh, trauma issues. Uh, okay, okay. Ngozi, um, I'm gonna ask this, this question is uh, for you. Um, do you think their physical reactions to um, child abuse, like child abuse trauma, are they like um, reactions that people need to see physically? Like when a child is suffering from abuse, their physical manifestations, right? So yes, yes they yes. are. They are cause you could see the child go through um, things like poor concentration, fatigue, even headaches, headaches, um, excessive sweating, nausea. Um, they are anxious. Basically, so poor concentration, they are shaky, they are easily scared, they are overly alert. So when a child is going through sexual uh, abuse, you could see this signs, yes. Okay, doctor, do you want to add something? Um, Yeah, I could also add things like um, nightmares. You know, nightmares is is quite common. The the dream about the events um, that have led to... You know those situations and um yes um another thing you know they could see things they could begin to see things or hear voices depending on the context of the sexual abuse so um hallucinations are not not very difficult to come by another thing is they would hello doctor hello yeah, I think doctor is out again for under uh, reading. Okay, I'm gonna continue with um Gozi. Gozi, are you there? Okay. Okay. Um, we'll, I'll try to make um doctor come back. Uh, so my next question would be like, since you've 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 stated that there can be physical um um reaction, so uh, will can abnormal? Okay, what are the types of abnormal uh, behaviors that can happen to abusers? Um abnormal behaviors that could happen as a result of the trauma well yes um, of course um, so it could lead to the victim being um, suffering from PTSD anxiety depression 
um, they could even develop as much as antisocial personality disorders, eating disorders. They are more likely to engage in very risky behaviors such as unsafe sex, smoking, alcohol and drug use. So these are the abnormal um, behaviors that behavior Yes. I should probably also oh. add this. Um, okay. I should probably also add this. Uh, very good point you made there. Um, if you notice that people who've had um, childhood trauma or sexual trauma op- oftentimes will have hypersexualized behavior. Um, so they're mm-hmm. they are prone to being hypersexual, you know. Um, yes, yeah, so that's, and I, I was saying before that some of the physical things you can see hallucinations um anger and irritability things like that yeah okay okay um do you get do you think uh, like from this traumatic experience that something like can it have effects on their dna yeah absolutely um it can um there's there's a study i saw a few um and this is not too long ago um a few months ago that was done in um avad you know that's one of the those in the forefront of um of medical um, discoveries now they're saying that child child abuse um, has a damaging effect on victims than even what, what we previously imagined, you know, so it, it reaches the DNA level um, and can be passed between generation to generations. So let me tell you a story of how they did it. What they did was that they found a sample of men, okay, um, and this is just based on men now, okay, and they tried to find differences in their chemical marks within the gen- genetic codes um, of those who were sexually abused as kids. Okay, so they got the sperm, they got the sperm samples of about I think about thirty different men. Okay, now twenty of them had suffered some form of sexual abuse at the hands of uh, pedophiles when they were children. Okay, so they now found that, that from those 20 that had survived um, that had had experiences with pedophiles 12 of them had molecular scarring in their dna that shows that you know so the scarring if you ask me what the scarring the scarring is is caused by a, a chemical process that's referred to as methylation okay so it causes um, a dampening effect on the, on the gene and expresses um, some signs that show you that that person has been abused in the past. So the full impact of this process is, I mean, on mental health is yet to be determined and the research is still going on but they are saying for sure you know, for sure there is an effect on the DNA. Okay, okay. Um, this is for Ngoti. Um, like is this trauma is it different for people is it worse for kids than for adults um yes um is this worse is this different for, for people yes like i said for yes. different people different personalities so they could all react to trauma differently so yes 
the experience, traumatic experience is different for people. Now, is it worse in children than adults? I am. I have not come across any study comparing both double. I'd like to believe that yes, it's worse for children because they are more fragile. Okay. Okay. Very well. Um, Hello. Is there a, like? Can Can you hear me? Another link, so okay. she will be here with us soon. Um. So I, I was asking her a question. Yeah. That um. Is there um an expected time limit for people suffering or for, uh, for people having a PTSD? Like, is there between the between the timeline of being an adult or sorry between uh, being an, uh, a teenager and an adult? Is there a time limit? Um, for post-traumatic stress disorder, that's what you mean by PTSD. Um, oftentimes, it takes about two to four weeks um, for you to start experiencing symptoms. You know, so within say two to four weeks after the event has happened and um i'm talking about survivors of sexual assaults now um more than 90 to 94 percent of those who have experienced it oftentimes would experience symptoms in the first two weeks so on an average they say that two to four weeks because for us as doctors it takes about four weeks to be able to you know make a diagnosis of ptsd so even if you start experiencing symptoms after two weeks it's going to take four weeks anyway to make a diagnosis so i'll say that the time limit between the event and the diagnosis and you know whoever has been affected by it is oftentimes two to four weeks okay ngozi are you there is ngozi with us okay i think she's with us. so i'll move on with doctor um what are the signs that can be like that can be that parents should look out for to see if their children has been uh, victimized or not? The clear signs. Uh, well, the clear signs to to know if a child has had any issue with um, with I mean child sexual abuse. Well, first and foremost, um, things because it's a traumatic event, so. Um, you want to watch out for things like nightmares. Um, they could experience nightmares, disrupted sleep, um, a lot of intrusive thoughts. They begin to withdraw themselves from uh, people. Um, there's a lot of fear and anxiety, uh, panic attacks, um, hypervigilant states, extreme fear now, you know. Um, they don't want to go out, they don't want to meet people, things like that they can begin to start taking alcohol or you know use drugs um the anger from nowhere you know um disrupted relationships with their siblings or even their parents and another thing that parents have to look out for is what's called regressive behavior okay so say someone like 12 or 13 who hasn't you know been who, who has who has um had that experience but you don't expect a child of 12 or 13 to be bedwetting do you so if a child at 12 and 13 or 13 begins to bedwet then you know there's a problem okay or they begin to you know soil themselves with feces then you know there's a problem you know if a child begins to show sudden temper tantrums violent outbursts 
becomes too clingy, you know, uncontrollable behavior, then you know that's a problem. Okay. Sometimes it might not even be you that would say it. It might be the teacher. You know, the teacher in the school that might just notice that ah, there's something different about this kid. So even parents might not notice it because they might go in out in the morning and stuff like that, not notice it quickly. But definitely, um, someone who stays with the kids, caregivers, teachers will notice them. So, hey, doctor, are you there? I'm here. I'm here. I am so sorry. No, I'm Please, sorry. can you continue? Yeah. So, um, I was just saying that those are some of the ways by which you can notice or know if if someone has been sexually uh, abused. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, what about signs that we that parents or people can see if like. To, to know that maybe a child or someone is becoming abusive or if so if a child is becoming abusive or as an adult as an adult preferably okay um that's different now um let me see so you're saying hello doctor are you there I think that's it out. Uh, Ngozik, are you there? Yes, I am. Okay. Um, I would let you answer for doctor. Uh, my question was, um, what are the signs to look out for when a child is becoming abusive? Or maybe okay, an so, adult too? Okay, so the, um, the signs to look out for when a child is becoming um, abusive, maybe as a result of abuse, Right, when an abused child is becoming abusive, right? Exactly. Okay, so um, basically, naturally, hurt people hurt people. So most times, victims of abuse become abusive. So um, for one, the child... um, So you could look out for aggression. Like um, earlier, um, doctor was talking about um, tempered tantrums. So... um, people the child's um signs to look out for if a person is going to be abusive or if a person is already abusive you see aggression they're highly irritable they got they get upset as at the slightest thing yeah so these are majorly the things to look out for um these are basically yeah can you hear me please go ahead so I was saying they become aggressive. You will notice when you, if you're if you're a parent or a guardian, you notice that the child has become more aggressive than before. So um, they will easily get upset. They can become violent. They can they are easily irritated at the slightest thing. They are either throwing tantrums or. They are just easily irritated. Um, and then they also learn, you'll see that they are actually um, intrigued with violence. Somehow they just like violence. Anywhere there's war, anywhere something upsets in, even from the movies or the kind of things they are interested in generally, just circles around violence. Maybe the kind of books they read or the kind of movies they watch, it's just around um, violence of any sort it could be physical violence it could be sexual violence it could be anything so these are the signs to look out for that okay 
this person is on the way uh, on their way to becoming abusive another okay. another okay, thing if I, if i might add is another thing if you want to know people who are um, becoming predators now um they, they they always have tactics they use okay um and the tactics are aimed at you know undermining your self esteem and making you feel like you don't know what you're doing you're you're not important so if if they can break down your wall of self esteem then they can get to you so they become very derogatory they want to assassinate your character basically so they call you stupid they call you a loser you know you know they sometimes they could even patronize you a little oh sweetie you know i know you try a bit but you know let's let's just do it this way you know those are signs sorry those are signs in adults right yes those are signs in an adult yes those are signs in an adult um they try to cajole people um to to they they pull you in first you know they pull you in first um if if the praise a child they pull you in you know can give you sweets when you don't solicit for it um take you away from the eyes of your parents things like that but if it's an adult to an adult you know um they could try to use various tactics um put you down push your buttons um unsolicited jokes you know all in the name of trying to um humiliate you and break break down your wall they also use tactics like um controlling you you know um you stress um maybe financially control you lecture you you know treat you like a kid things like that then they can use things like um accusing you all the time using your own guilt against you you know um always trying to turn the tables you know things like that then they go into um emotionally neglecting you they demonize yeah uh, dehumanize you um they always ask for respect you know shut down all forms of communication withhold affect so that you come to them that's how they eventually get across to you and you know abuse sexually so that's adult to adult so i've described two ways now adults to kids and adults to adults yeah okay thank you so much um so how can we help um someone that we know that has been abused well um is that is that fungus here for me <laughs> Uh, well, okay, you? okay. I, really I always say something, um, and Ngozi might be able to corroborate this, but I always say something that listening is one of the most powerful tools um, that is even yet to be discovered. Like helping someone who's been abused, and like in you know, other things that affect us as human beings, listening as a form of support is extremely important. You know, um, you know, sexual abuse would have. messed up with the person's mental health so even before going you know to see a mental health practitioner they want someone that would listen to them so rather than you know ascribing blame and you know guilt tripping them and telling them that well, why were you there in the first place why did you go in the first place what what you know things like that so some of the tips that i know that works um saying things like um you know um i'm glad you're brave to talk about this um i am here to listen to you 
thank you for confiding in me i just want to listen to your experiences you know things like that so you should avoid those statements i said earlier you know why didn't you run away why did you go there why didn't you call them why didn't you bite them why didn't you spit on the person or you try to yes those that is it's past it's a past event so now now is the now how can you be of help now you know so um aside from listening aside from um talking to them um you can suggest that they go to the authorities and exp- you know um report it especially if it's recent um so that you know medically they can check them out if they've been infected with hiv sexually transmitted infections and also catch the culprit okay then you can as support you can say you even go with them to their therapy sessions of course they'll need therapy and in 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 you know in between all this is important to know your limits okay even though you're supporting them and offering advice um you also need to know how to step back a little okay and yeah like i said make sure you don't judge them which is extremely important so those are some of the ways i know uh, i'm sure ngozi would have some other ways to help um i think um you said everything basically it's listening just be there for them and pay attention because sometimes they are too traumatized to actually speak so you should also pay attention to their body language this is why therapy is actually important because they are therapists who are professionally trained to detect these cues so you as a person who is not so trained the best you can do is just be a shoulder for them to lean on and then they can talk to you and you have to listen to them don't try to don't try to be logical at this point don't try to okay why were you out like he said don't try to blame them at all they probably blame themselves already you don't want to already yes you don't want to make that worse so don't try to blame them at all you have to encourage okay. them as you're speaking up so if possible you could even suggest to pay for their therapy or go to therapy with them make sure they get professional help because at the end of the day that's also very important professional help they have to see a professional yeah i should i should also add um something you just mentioned now just tick the box in my head um you know body language like that you said is very important um for people who have just you know had um an encounter with with um someone who's abused them you know, they might not want to be touched you know so mm-hmm. you have to watch if you touch them or hug them you might upset them you know hug is supposed to be oh come come take a hug you know warmth and support but they've just been abused so if you hug them it might upset them so you have to be very you know cautious and watch you know um especially say for instance if you're in a say you're in a sexual relationship with someone who's been sexually abused is that not going to be that's going to be very difficult like how are you how are you going to even have them. sex with someone who has been sexually abused if you're in a relationship with them so you see that's even tough right so you cannot put pressure on them and say okay now let's have sex now when you know they they're in they're in a place of trauma so that's very very important for you not to upset them watch their body language okay and it's easy to just say forget about it that's gone i'm not worried about it so don't be no you're not in their minds okay and like i said one of the first questions you ask me patience 
it takes a whole lot of time so you have to help them deal with their feelings and emotions and and that will take time okay okay talking about um um therapy what's like the healing process like because did you want to go with that okay go you go okay. first with with the with regards to healing process um in therapy like i said it takes it takes a whole lot of time and um remember when i started i mentioned uh cognitive behavioral therapy i'm not sure if you remember yeah it's one of the methods um where you um sit down with you know your therapist and try to recreate the events that led to the trauma in the first instance so healing is a gradual process you know um that takes time and you have to give it time so i always tell people that say for instance um if you are suddenly overweight and it took you 2 3 years to get to that weight if you now decide to go to the gym it's also not it's not going to take boom magic to go back to your previous to weight yeah mm. it's going to take the significant period of time it took you to gain weight or even longer you know to 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 heal even if it's as small as grazing your leg against a very rough surface and you start to bleed it takes time so healing is you know um one one that requires conscious effort and 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 you know input you know from from whichever parties are involved yeah okay thank you so so much um i just have one gen- one last question um do you think in your opinion do you think this sexual abuse thing is something that we can completely stop eradicate ah that's a very that's a very that's a very 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 good question now um i i i i i don't I, I, i yeah because i don't i don't think so i don't think so and the reason is because you have people from different backgrounds with different values different norms you know in the society some people are just some people just have coconut head you know <laughs> they are naturally just coconut head you know so but we have to play our parts and that involves parents being parents and being adults you know look out for your kids you cannot leave your child with you know an adult who's, who's a stranger just anybody you know you can't do that you have to talk to your child you know and it's as it's as subtle you know as subtle as growing up you'll see an adult male you know pick a child that's maybe 4 5 years old and and an adult male is playing with the child's nipple like that's that's silly you know but if you as a parent don't talk to your child your child may not be able to even report it but one day in conversation it might just come up and your child will say um uncle so 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 used to press my button then you say what do you mean by button and your child will now say used to press my breast then as an adult you know what to do you know or you, some i i read a story where um just someone passing by a relative passing by 
um, heard a small kid um, saying, "When am I going to? When am I going to be able to um, get Daddy's banana?" Because the child has been exposed mm-hmm. to that, somebody has been lying to her and saying, "Banana, that is banana," you know, and the parents are unaware. So. I always say the most important thing is a parent being a parent. Talk to your kids all the time. They will, if you talk to them, if you're their best friends, they'll talk to you. Um, whether it can be stopped completely, no, but it can be reduced. You know, parents being parents, putting out the news there, educating people like you are doing now. You know, sexual campaigns, um, talking about sexual abuse and rape always talking about it those those are the ways reducing you know if you can reduce um the things that can make people prone you know to 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 sexual abuse as well would help so those are the ways i i know that we can help reduce it to you know the best minimum yeah that, that those are my thoughts okay okay thank you so much and gozi would you like to add something she's gone off i think <laughs> Oh, okay. Okay. okay, thank you. So- oh my god, I didn't I didn't see that. Okay, very well. Um doctor, do you have any, do you have any last words? For um us? well, I mean, my my the last thing I'll just like to say is that sexual abuse is a huge deal with children and adults. You know, it's not just children alone. Adults are also sexually abused, and it's important to be able to identify the signs and symptoms in kids. It's able to be able to know how to prevent it. And if it's happened, um, more importantly, it's better to understand how to support the victims. Um, it's it's not a one-sided battle. Um, it's not one that those who um, are recovering and healing must uh, be must feel that they, they should go through on their own. Um, I forgot to mention this when I was talking about the healing, that there are three phases of healing. Um, the reaction phase, the recoil, and the reorganization. So reaction phase is, you know, when obviously they are reacting to the events surrounding um, the, the, the they're re- reacting to the event itself. And then you have the, um, so in that reaction phase, you have things like the shock, um, depression, the anger, the anxiety, powerlessness that comes with it. Um, the recall phase is when they begin to feel very calm, yet there are difficulties there. Okay, Then you now talk about the reorganization phase where they begin to now put their lives um, into you know, proper shape. So everyone can go through these phases successfully if they have the appropriate support and that's the message out there that there's a lot of support for people who have been abused as kids or as adults thank you very much tinola thank you so much doctor uh here you have it guys um ngozi was unable to like um come back so um here you have it guys thank you so much uh for coming in doctor and Thank you guys for being with me. Thank you guys for listening in. And I hope you've learned a thing or two. So final words will be, ah, Ngozi's back. So Ngozi, <laughs> please, we were concluding. Any last words? Ngozi, are you there? That's bad. Hello, Ngozi, are you there? Please, um, any, no problem. Any last words, please? Yeah, I am. So sorry for my network. 
Um, no, not exactly. So I just want to say for people out there who are going through, um, who have gone through any form of abuse, especially sexual, because sexual and physical abuse are like on a high. Like the incidence is incredible. So I just want to say they should try to get help because these things affect people. Like to think that. A lot of people like to think that it's something they can easily deal with by themselves. Hello, Ngozi. Are you there? Your network is a little bit shaky. Over here, a lot of people think that I know therapy is not... Can now you hear me? Can hear you. Please continue. Can hear me? Ah. So, I was saying... Um, especially here in nigeria where people feel like therapy is not really a thing yeah that's a lie so people should always try to get professional help if they have been abused because sometimes the effects may not be that obvious it may not be profound it could be subtle but it still affects people especially in their relationships going forward there could be something it's doing to them and they don't even know that something they went through